T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. If you're a first-time listener, you're probably thinking, hey, wasn't this guy in Twilight? And no, you're probably thinking of Kellen Lutz, who played Emmett in the Twilight movie franchise. Sometimes we get confused because we were both in The Bold and the Beautiful, the hit drama on CBS. But I digress. Besides acting in soap operas, I'm also a writer. And my latest novel, The Fleeting Prince, is available through my publisher, Bold Venture Press. If you're a fan of the show, please pick up a copy on Amazon and write a review. It's the best thing you can do to support me in this show. Well, you can also tell other people about the podcast. That would also be rad. In the meantime, I'll continue to release chapters from the book bi-weekly on this podcast. Now, without further ado, Chapter 7 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 7 Under the laden sky, Squall trudged north along the icy river. Lennox sat atop the stallion, rubbing at the ache that ran along his legs. They were better than they had been upon first leaving the mountain, but his legs were still unaccustomed to such heavy riding, and sometimes the ache seemed to seep deep into his bones. He grimaced as they came to a halt, his helm hiding any discomfort he felt from his companions. The knight looked out to see why they had stopped and caught a quick glimpse of Merrick slipping through the woods not far ahead. The wolves had been absent most of the morning, and seeing them now was a small comfort to Lennox. He was able to relax, if only a little, knowing the two wolves were near. The big wolf disappeared quickly though, and before Lennox managed to speak two words, Shiva was pressing on. The golden knight let out a sigh and kicked his horse forward. He wished they could stop, if only for a small stretch, but the force was dangerous, and he pressed those thoughts aside. The warden had the right of it. They needed to keep moving. He pushed Squall into a trot and didn't stop until he was beside Astrid. They had found a small pathway that ran along the river about an hour earlier, and had been following it ever since. Astrid shifted in her seat and turned to look at Lennox. The bridge shouldn't be far now, she said in anticipation. Less than a mile, I should think. We rode west for a bit, before the river turned north again. Of course, she answered with a nod. Hmm. My guess would be we're right back in the middle of the forest then. Tell me, is there any chance the second bridge might be in a similar state? If so, I feel we might be stuck without recourse. The bridge along the lake was old. It could have fallen on its own. In fact, I imagine that's exactly what happened. This is the main road. I understand why Shiva wanted us to avoid it. But it is maintained, though sparsely, I admit. She turned her eyes forward. The bridge is strong and made of stone. It will be there. Lennox lifted the visor of his helm before rubbing at his shoulder. Ah, well... I must say, you've quite convinced me. Did you hurt your shoulder? She asked suddenly. I've seen you favoring it as we ride. Lennox's eyes crested as he smiled. Thank you, 
my lady. I'm grateful that you noticed. I seem to have sprained it when I fought those two knights. But believe me when I tell you, it will be fine. It's sore is all. I've been indolent for so long. I feel as though my body has begun to petrify. Astrid smiled, amused by the knight's words. There is a light-heartedness to you, Sir Knight. It is not something I would have expected. And you, my lady, are not as cold as I first thought. In fact, I would almost say you have a warm nature to you. Astrid looked unimpressed by the knight's compliment. He continued. I said, almost. They turned a small bend in the river, and suddenly the stone bridge was in view. It was a long viaduct passage made up of six arches that spanned across a small valley. The river ran swiftly below, but the bridge was built strong with a dark, nice stone inlaid with layers of red that stood concrete above the flowing waters. Its columns were made thick and drove deep into the river, casting about great waves of spray as the running water broke upon them. The girl was right, Lennox recognized. The bridge was made to endure. The road broke off from the river then, driving deep into the forest on a slight incline, but soon enough it curved back towards the river and emerged atop the valley. From there it was a straight path to the bridge, and they reached it within the hour. The sky was cloudy with scattered patches of blue where the sun would burst through in streaming rays of light that opened and closed and opened again as the clouds shifted above. The brilliant rays cascaded upon the bridge like a waterfall of light, but there was little warmth to be felt, and snow still covered the stone where the river spray could not reach. They pressed forward, their stallions' hooves silent as they beat against the soft snow. A single archway sat over the central pier with an engraving written deep into the stone. The three riders eyed it warily as they passed beneath. Lennox gave the warden a curious glance before turning to Astrid. Can you not read it? Astrid eyed him back questionably. You can? Lennox nodded. Of course. Astrid shook her head. I cannot. It is a language dead and gone. I see. Lennox looked up at the archway. It's an inscription. It reads, Forgive me, all of you, for I have availed you nothing. There is more, but it has faded beyond recognition. There was sadness in his words. A distant sadness. They passed across the bridge to the other side and began following the road south again. Lennox inquired as to the direction, but once again, Astrid assured him that soon enough the road would break east. Shiva pulled on his reins, bringing his stallion to a halt. No, we get off here. He was looking east into the forest. A narrow game trail ran perpendicular to the road for a few spans before disappearing behind some brush. But his eyes were on Merrick. The gray beast stood alone in the tree line, his golden eyes locked on the party. He was staring at them, watching as his sister came walking up behind them. Zev crossed their path and bounded across the snow towards her brother before disappearing into the woods. Without a word, Shiva turned his horse and made his way across the road towards the two wolves. Lennox and Astrid followed after. Your wolves have taken a liking to Shiva, Lennox began. He didn't make them swear an oath of service, did he? 
It was meant as a jest, but Astrid looked on with indifference, her hands grasping tightly at her reins. He is like them, a predator. They see it and are drawn to him. I don't mistrust their loyalty, but I will be pleased when my business with the warden has concluded. Hmm, I won't say I disagree with you, but as long as you're tied to him, you might as well embrace it. What do you mean? I mean, watch him, my lady. There is much to learn by observing predators. Watch how he moves, how he eats, how he talks with others, and how they respond. Watch how he fights. He is a dangerous man. Watch him. Learn how to be dangerous. Why are you telling me this? Lennox grinned though it was hidden beneath his helm. Because I want to help you, my lady, and I fear you have much to learn. You've been in the company of wolves too long, and they cannot join us in the cities. I'm afraid you'll only have me, and that sour man there, and neither of us is the best of companions. Ten hells. I've been locked away for a thousand years. I can't imagine my conduct is in the right. You seem quite normal to me. <laughs> my lady, I am a knight. I imagine in some ways that makes it easier for me. Men and women see my armor and expect me to act a certain way. And I oblige them. Even so, one cannot be too careful in a city like Solaire. You are of the mountains in the north. That is good. Things are simpler there. Men do their work and say what they mean. But Solaire is a city of wizards and philosophers, kings and nobility. Frankly said, my lady, it's a terrible place. Of all the jewel cities, it was my least favorite. You said yourself, Sir Knight. Much time has passed. Perhaps you will find the city has changed. Lennox paused thoughtfully for a moment, and then said, I imagine the city has changed a great deal, my lady. I'm sure new buildings have been erected and fallen. Certain houses held power, and then lost it. Hypocrites as well as the devout led the faith of the cathedrals. And yet... Despite all this, Solaire remains. You cannot change the heart of a city, my lady. If the people of Solaire found out what was hidden beneath this enchanted ring, why, half the city guard and most of the clergy would wish me burned, right then and there for being hollow. The wizards and scholars would desire to study me, and only the creator knows what the nobility would want with me. Cities have never been a place for the civilized, she replied, though if your true state was to be revealed, I cannot imagine you would be safe anywhere. My lady, you misunderstand me. It's not my well-being I'm concerned about. I would bring that city to its knees if they tried to harm me, but I can't be with you at all times. I'm offering you advice. Solaire was always a home of vipers. I'm simply telling you not to get bit. At that, 
Lennox found herself at a loss for words. She could only bow her head politely and say, Thank you for your guidance, Sir Knight. Some time later, when the sun was beginning to settle, Lennox offered Astrid another word, almost as though he had forgotten to mention it. And yet, despite all I have said, perhaps I am wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. After that he spoke no more, not until the sun had all but set, and they had found a small clearing to set a fireless camp. Shiva had insisted there be no fire, and both Lennox and Astrid didn't argue. There had been an odd feeling lingering among them, ever since they encountered the fallen bridge. Something about the dwarf had shaken Lennox, and he found himself seeking out the wolf's presence, hoping to find them near. I see one, but where is her brother? After looking around the camp, he saw no sign of the wolf. Have you seen Merrick? He asked Astrid. She sat huddled against the base of a tree, hoping she might fall asleep quickly. She shook her head. Probably off hunting. Not long after, she was asleep, and the camp was quiet except for a soft whining of the horses who stood tied together in the brisk night air. Lennox sat with Shiva until the warden fell asleep. Leaving Lennox alone to keep an eye on the camp, and watch as the starry sky above twinkled like the jewels of God's crest. Lennox laughed. So far his freedom had not been what he had hoped it might be. Failure followed his every step, it seemed. But no matter. Pain is temporal, he told himself. It makes its mark and moves on, and always he endures. He twisted his Oathkeeper ring around his finger and smiled, anticipating the day he would take it off. It was not far off. Not truly. It was bitter cold without a fire, and as night ambled on, the sky darkened until it was black as coal, leaving little light for the night to keep watching. Lennox stood leaning against the tree with his arms crossed before him. Zev lay beside him, her eyes a smoldering green. He was all but blind in the dark, squinting hopelessly out into the forest trees when a pair of yellow-gold eyes suddenly appeared from the shadows. He reached out for his flail but stopped short. Watching as the yellow orbs drifted closer through the dark, Zev stood, but was otherwise unalarmed. Merrick, he called out quietly. The big wolf waded forward and Lennox let out a breath of relief. He shook his head, grinning at the wolf. Why... For a moment there, I thought you were death incarnate, come to take me away. Zev had walked out to meet him and was rubbing her neck upon his in a soothing motion. He nuzzled back and when she was done she returned to the camp and sat down beside Astrid who seemed happy for the extra warmth. Lennox stepped out to meet Merrick, scratching at the grey wolf behind the ears. The yellow-gold eyes watched him coolly. The great beast came up nearly to his chest and Astra told him the beast was still growing. I know what you want, Lennox said, shaking his head. But I won't have it. The last time I followed after you, I found myself in quite a mess. Merrick understood. The great wolf moved past Lennox towards his sister, rubbing up against her once more before breaking off back into the woods like a shadow. After that, Zev rose and began circling the camp. 
She had shaken away her sleep and now stood sentry. Her eyes were wary and her ears up and out, listening for what was to come. Lennox watched her inquiringly. Perhaps things are worse than I thought, he said aloud. But what he thought was, what damn beasts are coming this time? Then the wind began to shriek, and a cold shiver ran along his spine. They stood their ground in silence, Lennox and Zev, keeping watch on the darkness surrounding them. Zev had taken to circling the camp, her eyes ever watchful. Lennox stood with shield and flail in hand. Merrick had found something, and the knight would not be taken off guard. Yet, despite his vigilance, an uneasy feeling began to settle in the corner of his mind and grow as the long night continued. Something was coming. He could feel it in his bones. Far off to the east, a wolf began to howl. A second voice picked up the call, then another. Zev cocked her head and listened. What is it? Lennox asked as he kneeled besides the wolf. More howls followed until at last Zev herself stepped forward and bent her head back howling high into the night in accord with her cousins. Both Shiva and Astrid were awake now, eyes wide as they rose from their thin sleep. Zev, quiet, Astrid hushed. Be silent. What is she howling at? Shiva asked. He had taken to one knee with bow in hand and was notching an arrow as he gazed out into the surrounding trees. I don't see anything. None of us do, Lennox told him. I don't believe an enemy is near. Then what is she howling about? It's Merrick. He left the camp not long ago. It's his call that started this. There's no way to know that, Shiva answered gruffly. He had yet to draw back the bow, but his eyes still searched the forest. No, he's right, Astrid said quietly. Zev would not have answered unless it was Merrick who called. We must go to him. It was Lennox who spoke next. Go to him? My lady, as far as we know, Merrick is sending us a warning. We should leave now. Head south, perhaps. I will not abandon him. Zev, to me. Astrid's wolf moved, swift and silent, and then they were off, heading east into the black woods. We'll lose them quick if we don't follow, Shiva said. Somehow Lennox didn't think the warden was too disappointed. With a quick nod, Lennox and the warden chased after. Under the cover of trees, what little light there was had been wiped away, and the darkness was complete. The snow was almost up to Lennox's knees, and with every step it became harder to move. They reached a small clearing where an overturned tree had fallen, but the knight saw no sign of Astrid or her wolf. Blood and ash, where could they be? I lost the path, Lennox called out. This way, a voice answered from the dark. Lennox moved quickly, following the warden's shadow further east into even deeper snow but to no avail. Shiva, he called out. This way, Sir Knight, the voice returned. Lennox stopped where he stood. Something was wrong. Through the slit of his helm, he beheld a shadowed figure moving towards him. 
he lifted his visor and saw two more to his left, and one was nearly upon him. Lennox pivoted left, swinging his flail with all his might into the head of the first ghoul. The spiked ball hit hard into the hollow's leather helm before ricocheting up. The ghoul fell dead into the snow and never rose. The other two rushed in quick. The snow made it hard to move, but Lennox managed to push back to where the snow was not as high and met his foes head on. Neither of the hollows had shields, so Lennox decided to attack first, swinging his flail high above his head before bringing it down upon the closer of the two. The spiked ball found its mark, crashing into the ghoul's left arm. Lennox swung his flail round for a second strike, this time aiming for its neck. Too far. The ghoul lurched forward, and the ball missed its mark, instead wrapping itself around the hollow's neck. Lennox yanked at the chain, causing the ghoul to fall forward into the snow. He pulled again with all his might, snapping the neck of the undead soldier. By then the third ghoul was upon him, smashing into the golden knight before he could raise his shield. A sickening crunch and he was falling to the ground. The world went white as the snow swallowed him up. His flail was gone, just like that, left wrapped around the neck of the second ghoul. He rolled onto his back and reached for his dagger when the ghoul drew up and began raining blows upon him. Lennox raised his shield, deflecting the strikes as best he could. He grunted under the strain and finally ditched the shield and rolled away. He was on one knee when the hollow charged, driving his rusted sword forward like a spear. Curse these woods, Lennox thought, before reaching his arm forward and grabbing at the ghoul's blade with his bare hand. The hollow sword stopped just short of his belly. A startled expression appeared across the ghoul's face almost as though he could not understand what the knight had just done to halt him. He looked up at Lennox, and there was neither heat nor life in the soldier's eyes. Still clasping the hollow sword, Lennox drew the ghoul forward as he slipped his long dagger from the sheath and plunged it into the hollow's heart. The creature's dead eyes stared back at him coldly, as though nothing had happened. Lennox kicked the ghoul away and the creature fell back into the snow with a soft crunch. Lennox raised his dagger and gazed out across the woods. He felt near blind in truth, having barely noticed the ghouls before they were upon him. But all was calm once more, and the shadows stayed in their place. His hand burned as though he had thrust it into flames. Damn those ghouls! Damn them to hell! The blade had cut through his glove like butter. He was so weak without his rings. He had to be careful, more careful even than he had first thought. If such a weak creature could injure him so... He considered healing the wound with magic, but decided against it. It was some time till morning yet, and he might need every bit of magic he could conjure before he was clear of the woods. He retrieved his shield and flail, tearing off a piece of cloth from one of the ghouls and wrapping it around his hand before continuing east. Or at least his best guess of which way east could be. Lennox was lost for some time after that unable to return to their camp even if he wished to. He searched for any trail Shiva might have left in the snow. As agile as the man was, it would be impossible for the big man to leave no trace of himself. Yet, Lennox found no sign of the warden, nor of Astrid or the wolves. Blood and ash, he thought, as he took a seat upon a fallen tree. His body began to shake from the cold, his chest laboring for every breath. He clutched his wounded hand, feeling the warm blood as it pulsed along with his beating heart. It burned. He held it to his chest, 
hoping some of the warmth might spread to his body. It did not. Ten hells. He wanted to scream the words, but he dared not reveal his location to any ghouls that might be wandering close. He could do without running across any more undead, especially why his hand was wounded. It was hard to grip his shield, and he wasn't sure how many blows he would be able to withstand if it came to another fight. He needed to escape the woods, but it would be difficult now without Shiva or the girl to guide him, or horse to travel upon. He could do without Squall, but a whole list of worries would disappear if he could only find his companions. He would even settle for Merrick or Zev. Well, best to face a hard truth than wish for it to go away, he said to himself as he rose. But where to go? A deep howl went up then, a long, drawn-out cry that swept across the top of the trees like a midnight specter. The howls died down and only the wind remained. Lennox tilted his head back and waited, hoping the cries might come again. Hmm, at last a spot of luck. He couldn't know for sure if it was Merrick or Zev, but at least he had a direction. He set out across the woods, crossing the snow as quietly as he could. He gave up on carrying the shield and slung it upon his back. It was easier to move then, but he felt vulnerable without the extra armor in hand. His legs had become so cramped from riding that he was happy for the chance to stretch them out. But it was a shallow sort of joy. He shivered as he took a step forward, falling waist-deep into the snow. Curse this place, he grumbled. It took him half a minute to escape, and by then the snow was sticking to his armor like ice. He scraped at the snow with his gloved hand and trembled as the breeze gusted through the woods kicking up loose snow from their surrounding trees and causing it to fall on top of Lennox. He had no need for food or water, but he had left his flint back with Squall, and cursed his stupidity for not keeping it upon him. It was easy to enhance a flame that already existed, much harder to create one anew. He would just have to suffer the cold. A little warmth was not worth the cost in magic. He had endured the dampness and stench of his cell, the loneliness of solitude. His cold body was simply another state of malice, and nothing that could kill him. He would bear it. Time wasn't the problem he knew. He needed to retrieve his effects. He needed to rid himself of the Oathkeeper ring. He needed to find his companions. He needed to escape the woods. So much to do. Yet he had the time. Ow! The howls were louder now. He was getting close. He closed his eyes, listening intently to the wolf cries as they were carried off by the wind. They sounded weaker to Lennox, more feeble somehow. Astrid and Shiva would be moving towards the wolf's call. But what of the undead? Would they be drawn or pushed away? He had already fought three. It would be dangerous if the howls drew in too many more. He drummed on his thigh with his fingers, weighing, considering. Difficult to predict, but he had little choice. As long as he was alone, the risk of peril amplified tenfold. His decision made, he continued onward towards the howling of the wolves. The further east Lennox traveled, the thicker the woods grew. Clumps of trees spotted with thick brush made it near impossible for the night to traverse certain paths. 
and he had to backtrack more than once as he inched his way through the snow. He sank into shadow, darting from growth to growth in a crouch, doing his best to mimic Shiva's movements. The warden had a way of blending into both light and shadow, always a smooth motion, deliberate with every step. Lennox learned from everyone he watched. It was one of the reasons he persisted when so many others had fallen. He watched carefully from the shadows, moving fast and low, darting from one place to the next. He covered half a league that way, until, suddenly, halfway between a dark alcove of trees and an extra thick growth of foliage, he stopped dead, his eyes locked forward. A crumbled fence blocked his path. Not a fence, he realized, but a true stone wall, ruined by time and torn apart by forest growth that crawled over every edge of stone it could find. The growth continued on behind the wall as large trees covered in snow stood like white columns, making it difficult to see where one began and another ended. Fastening his flail to his side, Lennox began to climb up the ruined wall. It wasn't difficult. Deep crags had split the stones long ago, causing large cracks to spill down the sides, and his armor was less a hindrance than many might think. He reached the top and took a knee, taking cover behind a large stone baluster. The fortress below lay in ruin. Trees and snow littered the courtyard like weeds, and many of the smaller buildings had completely collapsed, leaving nothing but a pile of rubble where once they stood. Only the main keep remained, a tall stone stronghold shaped like a cube that looked strong despite the condition of its walls. A single stairway led up to the entrance, and standing like a shadow amongst the columns of the doorway stood a man. The outline of his silhouette looked familiar. Shiva? Lennox couldn't be sure. The shadow took half a step forward, raised his hand above his head, and then stepped back again. Well now, could he be signaling me? Impossible. Lennox dismissed the thought. He was crouched low behind the baluster, and what little that showed was hidden in shadow. Still, he felt as though the shadow was staring at him. A moment later, the man turned and vanished into black. Lennox let out a sigh. He stepped back, taking a seat against the stone ruins when the sound of running footsteps padded softly behind him. He was up a moment later, squatting low, his fingers clutching at the handle of his flail as the figure came into view. Suddenly, he rose, grinning beneath his helm as he watched Astrid running across the courtyard towards the keep. He opened his mouth to call out to her but decided against it not wishing to draw attention. So it was Astrid the warden had been signaling. He shook his head and chuckled, laughing at his own misgivings. He surveyed the forest, making sure there were no ghouls close and then stepped out from where he was hiding and walked along the top of the ruined wall until he came up to the stairwell that led down into the courtyard. He reached the bottom when he heard footsteps once again, this time coming from the gateway behind him. He narrowed his eyes, grasping tightly at his flail when Shiva appeared, turning the corner in a sprint. Shiva? Lennox said in a surprised tone. Run! was all the warden could manage as he continued past the golden night. Lennox turned, gazing out past the ruined gate into the darkness of the woods. The whole forest seemed to be shaking. When, suddenly the ghouls appeared from the shadows. Ten. Fifteen. Twenty of them, probably more.
clad in the armor of the drowned city with axes and swords in hand. Some wore leather tunics with round steel caps and carried longbows at their side. A few of them had already stopped and were notching their strings making ready to let fly their arrows. Blood and ash, Lennox yelled as he turned to follow after Shiva, moving as quickly as he could manage. Arrows flew past him one after another, and the sound of the undead grew as the earth shook from their footsteps. He ditched his kite shield, tossing it to the side. The iron shield would do little to stop twenty foes, and the extra weight made it difficult to move. He ran as fast as he could, pounding towards the stairwell of the keep. Shiva was halfway to the door when he stopped and unslung his bow. He turned and let fly an arrow, then another, then another. The arrows flew past the knight, striking three of the quicker undead as they drew forth. Shiva continued up the stairs, releasing arrow after arrow until his quiver was empty. He turned and pounded towards the gate with Lennox close behind him. Astrid! Shiva screamed, hoping the girl was close. Be ready to bar the door. A moment later he was at the gate, passing through the thick wooden doors as he slung his bow around his back. The door was half closed as he threw the gargoyle's head before him and passed swiftly through the narrow opening. Once on the other side he searched the room for Astrid. The girl was staggering across the room towards the door, dragging a large iron bar behind her as she did. Shiva went to her aid, taking up the other half of the bar just as Lennox came bursting through. Close the door! Close the door! Shiva screamed. Lennox turned towards the gate and pushed, shoving at the door with all his strength until at last the heavy wood slowly began to turn upon its hinges. With a final jolt, the door closed. Exhausted, Lennox faltered and fell to the floor. He ducked low as Astrid and Shiva placed the iron bar into the slots and let it fall. The heavy bar rang clean across the inner courtyard, and a moment later the horde reached the gate. Astrid stepped back as Shiva helped Lennox to his feet, and together, they stood watching the doors of the stronghold shake back and forth as the ghouls pounded on it in waves, its iron hinges moaning under the pressure. Will it hold? Astrid said aloud. I'm not sure. Lennox panted the words. His visor was up and he was wiping at the sweat as it streaked down his face. Best we don't wait around to see, said Shiva. A wise choice indeed, Lennox replied. Perhaps this keep has a back entrance. We should find it before the ghouls wander around back. Creator save us, Astrid said. Shiva looked at her inanely, his same calculating eyes unchanged by their surroundings. We need fire. Do you see anything we can use for torchlight? Astrid took a moment to look about the room before giving a reply. There were some small iron bars against the west wall. We can strip my cloak and wrap it around to burn. It will suffice, Shiva said, and started towards the west part of the keep. It was dark inside now that the door had been closed. A small part of the roof had collapsed near the center, letting in some of the night light. Stone pillars lined the tall room, yet they walked upon wooden floorboards that ran across the entirety of the keep old wood with signs of rot that creaked with every step. It reminded Lennox of his decrepit bed. Just here, Astrid said as she unfastened her cloak and began cutting it into strips with her knife. Lennox was relieved to see that Shiva still had his flint upon him 
but was surprised when the warden struck a spark and used pyromancy to enhance the flames, setting the torches ablaze. Hmm. It appears as though you have some magic as well, warden. Shiva's eyes shifted to meet him, but other than that the warden gave no reply. With his torch in hand, Shiva walked along the columns, moving back towards the barred doors. Lennox raised his torch and followed after, his eyes peering through the dark. Something was wrong. Shiva knew it as well, but what? He searched the darkness, his eyes rolling over the pillars as the torchlight danced across them. They were standing before the entrance once more, the three of them. Shiva drew his sword. What is it? Astrid asked. It was Lennox who answered. The doors. They've stopped shaking. He reached down, unhitching his flail from his waist, wishing desperately for a shield. He couldn't have used it even if he had it, though. As dark as it was inside the keep, he'd be all but blind without the torch. Perhaps they've moved on, Astrid offered. Forgotten what they were doing, Lennox shook his head. After a day or two, maybe. But not this quickly. Some part of them would know we're still here. They might have moved to the side and searched for another entrance, though. From the corner of his eyes, he saw the warden backing away from the door. He took the cue and moved further away himself, tugging at Astrid's arm as he did. It is coming, Shiva said at last. He turned to Lennox. This foe is great indeed, Sir Knight, so I will do the noble thing and slay it for you. There was a glint in the warden's eyes, a frenzy of excitement that he could not keep hidden. Lennox recognized the look and pushed further away, muttering curses under his breath and dragging Astrid along as he went. It's best we go, my lady, he whispered quietly in the dark. What of Shiva? He's free to join us if he so wishes, but we need to move now. The girl looked at Lennox in protest, but the knight only shook his head and signaled for her to stay silent. We will meet again, Sir Knight. The warden's words echoed across the dark as he watched them depart. My mistress has foreseen it. Lennox and Astrid moved along the columns deeper into the keep, watching as Shiva's flame grew smaller and smaller, when suddenly... There was a thunderous crack. The noise echoed across the keep, bouncing off the stone pillars in quick succession. The gate, Astrid said, turning to see. Crack. Again the thunder sounded, twice as loud as the first. Crack. And with that the gates were breached. The iron bar and heavy door shattered into the keep in an explosion of wooden splinters. And appearing in the midst of it stood the shadow wraith. The dark creature stood ten feet tall and held in his hands a hammer of great strength as shadowed fluttered about him. There were no signs of the ghouls as the wraith crouched down and passed through the doorway and into the keep. Run! Lennox screamed. He gave Astrid a push, one hand on the middle of her back to get her started. She stumbled forward, into a lurching run with Lennox behind her. Shiva sprang forward, his scimitar drawn. The long silver blade flashed out in quick successions, and the shadow wraith faltered, surprised by the boldness of the attack. On the surface, the blade only cut through shadow. 
but the deeper he cut, the more resistance Shiva met. The wraith screamed out in pain, a high-pitched screech of agony. The warden's eyes gleamed with rhapsody as he readied for another strike. Too slow, the wraith attacked first, swinging his hammer in a low arc. Shiva danced away, but the distance was set now, and the demon pursued him in rage. The wraith was quick, swinging its hammer faster with every swing. Shiva evaded the blows one after another. It was all he could manage to stay one step ahead of the beast. He found himself backed against one of the columns and rolled away, just as the hammer tore into the stone pillar. The keep shuddered and was still. What was that? Astrid screamed as she ran. Keep running, was Lennox's reply. The fortress shuddered around them for a second time, then a third. Shiva could hardly believe the wraith's strength as the beast continued its pursuit, smashing through another column with its hammer. A waterfall of dry mortar followed, its white flakes drifting down like snow amidst the fading torchlight. Shiva looked up just in time to see the roof collapsing upon him. What was that? Astrid said, turning to look back. Don't stop running, Lennox screamed back at her, when suddenly the ground shifted beneath him and he fell forward. He looked at the floor confused and then turned back and watched as column after column cracked and tipped over, crashing down like boulders from a mountain. He watched as the cracking floorboard split, tossing Astrid into the air. Astrid. She let out a shrill scream before falling into the void below. A moment later the floor went out beneath him, and he followed her into darkness.